As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing well. What was the scuttlebutt on having a shorter intro, longer outro? Well, we actually did have one bit of feedback on that. So let me just get to you. This came in from Andy, who said, uh, Hello, Luke, just finished your latest Raw Review podcast and enjoyed your discussion on, uh, bringing, on being, uh, bringing back the bush. Uh, and if it becomes a regular feature where listeners comment, I'd recommend calling it a pubic service announcement. Nice. Uh, wasn't too sure on the short intro, but enjoyed the longer outro where you could get into deeper discussions. Shame you have to discuss wrestling and slow down the friendly chat. <laughs> Keep up the good work you always do. Uh, always a pleasure driving along with the podcast on. Much love from Andrew. Driving along with the podcast on. Yeah. Um, can I just do this one other quick email before we oh, get out of here? Because uh, this comes in from Nathan, who says, "Hey Luke, long time, long term fan, um, Patreon supporter now, and first time Ooh, emailer. Thank you. As a veteran of both Jericho cruises, just wanted to make a minor correction. Okay. During the taping of AEW, we were chanting F that boat' because it was pulling into port next to us, not because it was interfering with any of our viewing experience. This included a <laughs> Disney cruise that took off before the taping." This is a throwback to last cruise where we chanted uh, wrestling chants like F that boat and suck it to ships that pulled in next to us. In fact, on the Jericho Cruise Facebook page, we have people posting about meeting people on other cruises, commenting on how rowdy we were. Long story short, we didn't have a reason to chant other ships. We're just a bunch of drunken, rowdy wrestling fans. Much love, Nathan. Now, I will say that makes me never want to go on the cruise. I, I love that, Nathan. <laughs> I, I think uh, jokey tribalism is, is the way to go. <laughs> We're, we're actually thinking about doing it with AEW versus NXT yeah. in this very studio. I just, made, I just feel so bad for the people on the other boat. I just want to be yeah. disturbing their nice holidays. Especially if it's a Disney cruise. Yeah. I hope there weren't any kids there. Wait, I mean, how many Disney cruises do you know that are like adults only? I'm sure there's loads. Yeah? Yeah, I bet. Kinky. 
Well, you would say that. <laughs> What's got him into you today? Nick's got a horn on, by the way, <laughs> for the episode you're about to listen to. It's got a big to. one. We're, we're, we're recording the podcast intro and outro after for yeah. once as well. So let's get into the show. Let's get into the show because we're going to be talking about, uh, there's been a report that Luke Harper slash Brody Lee is going to debut in AEW. How should it happen? Here is the show. First off, news from this morning's Wrestling Observer newsletter. Luke Harper, Brody Lee, as he's known since leaving WWE, was released back in December, is planned, spoilers I guess, planned to debut for AEW on the March 18th show, I believe. Yes, because that's the one that's in New York, right? Well, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, which is his hometown. His 90-day non-compete clause expires near the end of February, but they're going to wait a bit longer, get that hometown pop, something that WWE have kind of ignored for decades, really, that people can be more over in the place that they were born. I think it's a really smart move, Yeah, if that's the case, yeah. So, we are asking, based on this episode and what we know of Dynamite so far, how could Harper be introduced into all this stuff? Yeah, how should Luke Harper <coughs> debut? Now, since the introduction of the Exalted One in the Dark Order, um, then a lot of people are sort of, uh, sort of assuming that. We now know that that was a role that was originally lined up for Marty Skrull, as reported yeah. by Meltzer in The Observer. So a few people are suggesting, I say a few people, quite a lot of people are suggesting that Harper could take that position, or Brody Lee can take that position. My position on this is it's not what I'd like to see. I've seen Luke Harper as part of a group. I feel like I'm a broken record with this because I feel like we've said it a lot but I've seen Luke Harper be a tag team I've seen Luke Harper be in a faction I've seen Luke Harper be in another tag team I've, he's always been with someone else someone else is lackey I'd like to see him be his own guy not the leader of a faction just be his own guy and have a singles run yeah I totally agree that the, and that's sort of the difference to this conversation today we're going to go through a few people we think he should go against if he was to debut which sounds like he is uh, but the Exalted One debut is not off the table. No, nope, it's not off the table. If Marty Skrull has re-signed with Ring of Honor, I, th there is a chance that he'll still be revealed as the Dark Order proper leader. Mm. And maybe that means all of Ring of Honor is, has been forced to join the Dark Order. Well, let's be honest. This storyline has been written as it goes along. So, yeah. like, if we could reveal Luke Harper as the leader, they'd be like, ah, but there was another leader. Like, it's Evil Uno is the leader. But actually, there's another leader. And then, ah, but there is also another leader. I like the sound of that. Luke Harper's revealed, or Brody Lee, rather, is revealed as the exalted one. And at the end of that episode, he yeah. walks out of shop. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy on the phone? And it all comes back. It's Cody. It's Cody. Someone, uh, a few people said, because we had this conversation <laughs> about how Uno, we figured that Uno was the leader. And we didn't think there was going to be another leader of... Uh, the Dark yeah. Order because he's been presented as the leader and a few people say it's like you know the way to look at it is that he is Darth Vader and they're now introducing the Emperor my argument to that is that yeah and Star Wars was written as it was made up <laughs> yeah, as yeah. it went along like there was no plan in Star Wars that he was not the leader sometimes it works out <laughs> sometimes it, it works that, that says. 
So uh, on this episode, we did have some Dark Order stuff. There was a terrific SCU versus Hybrid 2 oh, I'm match. Glad, I'm glad you liked it, because I've seen a lot of people very oh. down on it online. The only thing I would have changed is that SCU lost the tag titles last week, yep. and there was no real mention of that. They did a good job on commentary saying, well, you know, they're back at the, they're back in the, the got run to, of things. Yeah, they've got to get their, their wins up so they can get another title shot. Yeah. But I, I would have appreciated a promo saying that from them. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I, you know, I hate Hybrid 2's <laughs> ring gear. <laughs> they look like energy drinks come to life. I thought of you when they made their entrance. But it's a unique look, it's memorable, and they're heels. I'm, I'm disliking them as heels. It's good heel heat, it's working me. And Jack Evans is, is terrific. Oh, God. And I, I love Anhelico. Yeah, I they're, they're both great. Do you know who Anhelico reminds me of? Um, Chris Brooks, in a way. Lanky. But yeah, I mean, it's not just because they've got similar hair and they're lanky, but I just think sometimes their style could be quite similar mm. as well. And I, I, the both of them, because Chris Brooks is such a good prick heel, like doing all this sort of gross stuff. And yeah. I, I feel like Anhelico also gets that across as well, of being like, no, I'm so cool. Yeah. And you all know that I'm so cool. So at the end of this, though, sort of continuing on this potential Christopher Daniels defection to the Dark Order because he, he's had a losing streak outside of the tag title picture. Uh, the Dark Order, was, did they appear on the screen? They appeared on screen, yeah. yeah. And uh, Evil Uno says, the exalted one is very unhappy with, with Christopher Daniels specifically, uh, so he's going to start targeting Daniels' loved ones. Yeah. And his family. And his family. Who should we target first, Stu? He says to Stu Grayson. And I think this is the first time Grayson has spoken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, he might have done it in, in a different promo. But yeah, there's, in a long, long time. Because who knows been doing all the mm. talking. He's definitely spoken on an episode of Being the Elite that <laughs> I haven't seen or been recapped on. Some episode of Dark. Yeah. And Stu just goes, I don't care. And I thought that was an awesome line for him yeah. to deliver. Uh, this is a much better placement of them, of course, in this kind of more mid-card slot as opposed to dominating the main event scene. But you've got to think, though, if they do bring in someone like a Brody Lee, mm. that that is going to elevate them into that main event scene. And maybe that's when you pick up the feud with the Young Bucks. Because the Young Bucks did bring them up in their promo, and they haven't forgotten the events of, as much as Tony Khan would like to, the Young Bucks have not forgotten the events of December 18th. They are like continuity. <laughs> so that it's an interesting timeline to start this build because, you know, the Dark Order here said, "Evil, like the Exalted One, unhappy with you. We're going to start targeting your loved ones." I'm like, huh? That this sounds like a month, two month arc, right? Mm. And then it comes out later after watching this that Brody Lee, Luke Harper, is set to make his debut around where I could see this storyline concluding yeah. its first part. Part. Yeah, I, I think actually that's a nice sort of two month wait that we've got, or mm. a month and a bit wait, I suppose. See, I could see him doing that. It's, again, it's not what I would have picked for, for Brody Lee's run in AEW. I'd have loved to have seen a solo run. Well, so, so who would you have him go against if he came in as a solo act? I agree, by the way. Yeah, I think there's just so many, like... Because there's a lot of guys you know, you've written down there, like, you know, Cody, Hager, Moxley, but that's all, like, the ex-WWE guys. I'd, and, I'd, mm. and I don't think you're wrong on those, because those would be great matches, because it's, you know, it's outside of that AE, uh, the WWE bubble. But I'd love to see him go up against guys we've not seen, like Kenny and um, uh, Kenny uh, Page, the Bucks, you know, solo, uh, Pentagon Junior, and all this. I, I just, I'd like to see him go for a solo run. He, no, it almost feels like he does need a sort of mid card title that he can sort of focus on. 
before he then goes into that main event. That, that's that. I see the reason I didn't put Omega or any of those guys mm. down. Page in particular is because I think Harper Lee has got Harper Lee. Harper Lee, <laughs> there you go. To kill a mockingbird has got to has got to win this first feud and look pretty damn good mm -hmm. doing it because Butcher and the Blade they didn't and now they're at a slot. They're a cool act, but they are at a slot. Yeah. I don't ever see them breaking out of that. I would hate for that to happen to Harper yet again, yeah. on like the fourth opportunity he's had to do this. I mean, he's gonna come in as a super duper huge baby face. Yeah, so I've, so I've looked at, well, I think more of a tweener role. More, more no, like a Moxley character. But what I mean by that is that the crowd are gonna oh. react to him like he's a baby face. Yeah, and if they're thinking, let's debut him in his hometown, You've got to imagine it's a yeah. tweener baby face They're looking for that big reaction. Rather than a heel, which makes the Dark Order thing potentially not... Yeah, and no. it's, it's a big show as well for them, I think. I think this, well. is, in a, I think this is in like a really big building for mm. them, so I think they are going to look for this to be a landmark episode of the show, one that's very memorable. Well, isn't it their New York area debut? It is their New York area debut, yes, uh, in New Jersey. So the reason I like Cody is because Cody can just lose and not really lose anything overall, and it can actually play into a nicer storyline overall. Maybe MJF could cost it, but that's a heel role. Hager, if he went up against Hager, that's two big guys, but it is WWE versus WWE. And Hager's very well protected within the yeah. circles. You don't really want him losing too early on. One that excites me the most, because I think there's a lot of history there, and it would be a great program, like a, a, a mainstream, noteworthy program for Moxley, Presumably, coming off his defeat to Chris Jericho mm -hmm. at Revolution, I, I think Jericho should maintain the title. Same here. So what does Moxley do next? Have a, have a program against uh, Harper. I'm going to, I mean, I, and I think you're 100% right on this, but I'm actually going to go with Darby Allen as my sort of thing. Because Darby Allen is a guy that, and you know, we've seen this you know, in the year that AEW's mm. been around, he can take those losses but it doesn't affect how over that he is. Yeah. And I actually think a program with Lee is just going to get him even more over than he currently is because he, he feels like he is being slotted with a potential top star in the company that Harper can win, but Darby can get a lot out of. You see, I see that a few months down the line. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I've convinced myself in the last 10 minutes <laughs> that I want to see Brody Lee Moxley. And it's just because of that history between the two with the Wyatt family and, and the, the shield. shield. And you can never mention it, of course, never mention it, but you can play off of it and yeah. it can just lurk in the background. And I, you know, that Shield Wyatt family stuff is some of the best stuff in wrestling of all time. Is it Elimination Chamber? When they had that yeah. first six man tag, when they just made their entrances and the crowd were chanting, This is awesome. And it was so awesome. There was a six week period where it was just those two factions main eventing every episode <laughs> of Raw, and it was freaking awesome. Yeah, totally. So, so I've got a lot of love and affection for that time and that feud, and I'd love to see it continue through this into a new way. Not copying WWE, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying you have a history between two guys. Just like how Moxley and Jericho are alluding to a larger history between them, mm -hmm. but not, you know, but without saying Mitch the Plant. I like a Liam Selby suggestion of Joey Janela. Yeah, I get, again, I, I think you have to be really careful about where you debut Harper because at the end of the day, very unfortunately, he was a mid-carder in WWE. We all know he could have been pushed for potentially more, but he was slotted in at a mid-card slot. And the last thing you want to do is do the same thing with him. And if you put him, and I love Derby, I love Joey Janela, 
but it's going to send a certain signal. If you put him with main event guys immediately, mm -hmm. that's going to change the framing. You're completely right. I was about to say, you don't want to hangman page this. Ex exactly. Yeah. yeah. You had page win the Casino Battle Royale, which was filled with comedy characters, legends, and mid-carders. Mm. And then you just had him have mid-card matches and then be like, and now we'll get excited for him facing Jericho at the pay-per-view. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's some super chats for you on the subject of uh, Luke Harper slash Brody Lee. Gazzatola of Rock and Roller says, not seen Dynamite yet, but Lee needs to be a solo act when he debuts. Totally. He's a hell of a talent and capable of so much more than we've seen in WWE, such as his time in Chikara feuding with Cesaro. Yeah, so I haven't seen much of that, but it was part of the documentary. Really good profile WWE did on Harper and his journey to get to where he is. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry, when you're not doing the movement, it just likes you going, oh, friend. Well, yeah, <laughs> everyone's a friend. 259 thumbs up friends we've got right now. What's the deal with the other <laughs> 500 people who haven't pressed it yet? Uh, but yeah, I, I th yeah, I'm very excited to see what Harper can do. Unfortunately, I think you know, he's like 38 or something, which is in the twilight years of, mm -hmm. of a wrestler. So yeah. hopefully his best days aren't behind him. Um, on the subject of AEW, miscellaneous. Zach Icon Linda said, I had a big one when Yoku, uh, Yuka Sakazaki was announced yeah, 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 for next week's episode. That would be her dynamite debut. <laughs> no. So that's what they said, yeah. She's probably done stuff on Dark. Wow. I feel, I mean, I saw her at the Pro Wrestling Eve show mm. a couple of weeks ago. What a star presence live. She's fantastic. Yep. 
Uh, so people can correct me in the uh, the chat if I was wrong on that. Uh, Juan Villa said, Matt Riddle to AEW, your thoughts? I can see him making a tag team with Joey Janela. <laughs> you bring Riddle to AEW. I'm, I love Joey Janela. I don't know why I mean, everyone's saying... It sounds saying... like you hate him, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> That's two people now who've just said oh, Joey Janela, and you're like, no, 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 no. They're way better than Joey <laughs> Janela. Joey's uh, going to watch this and be so upset with I you. I love Joey Janela. Oh, I just like it, think man. there's a better use for Matt Riddle. <laughs> for everyone. Um, so, no, I don't think that's... I don't think Matt Riddle will go to AEW. I, th I think he's a... He's in a... You know, like Adam Cole now. I feel like they're, they're NXT boys. Even though he's obviously had some heat on him, I don't believe all this stuff about it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's, what a waste of him on the main roster in the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, I, I th but I do think he's one of Triple H's boys. Yeah, my theory on that is that it's kind of a little from column A, a little from column B. Matt Riddle does have heat, but it's main roster heat. NXT's a completely different world mm. where Triple H is just like, ah, dude, you were making your own yeah. program. You were trying to do something. And I think that's a really good thing. So I'm not going to punish you for trying to make yourself into a star. Totally. You've got to reach and grab those brass rings. It's what Vince always told people to do. It's like, not like that! The problem with the, this young talent is they don't want to, they don't want to grab the brass yeah. ring. Um, couple more. Brox, uh, Phoenix. Brock's ring. <laughs> oh. uh, Phoenix thought this was a bit of a lame episode. I don't agree. I think this was a, 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 a spectacularly solid episode. And AEW's only fault is through setting a high bar of expectation. Yeah. And I'm not going to agree with this next one either, which is from Ryan B. Basking His Glory, <laughs> King Chopper Whopper, who said, Baker's two promos, this one, uh, the one this week and last week, were absolutely terrible. I don't think they were terrible. I don't think they were amazing, but I think they were good. I really like them. Oh. I, I really, really like them. Live today. Uh, what went live today, Oliver Davis? Well, it's these two dorks here talking about Royal Rumble 2001 for nearly three hours. Don't at me, it's the best Royal Rumble of all time. <laughs> I said that on Twitter, and someone did at me saying like 992. I was like, dude, I said, don't at me. It's the yeah. greatest Royal Rumble of all time. I tell you what, this, this, uh, I don't know how this, this year's could give it a run for its money. No, 2001, mate. Did this one have? Did this year's have Drew Carey? No, but it had Baron Corbin in the Portaloo. <laughs> I'm, I'm just talking about the Royal Rumble match itself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did this year's have the Honky Tonk Man getting uh, the Honky Tonk Man getting killed Kane. by Kane? It's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If you go over to Patreon, become a pledge hammer there, you can enjoy Wrestle Talk Extra. Wrestle Talk Extra, a three-hour podcast that's reviewing uh, Royal Rumble 2001. A great show featuring an amazing ladder match between Jericho and Benoit. And then tomorrow at the $10 level, Ramble Club or Wrestle Talk After Dark, our very drunk, sweary podcast. <laughs> I think we should just call it Wrestle Talk Dark. <laughs> we should do. Yeah. It is, um, yeah, it's our very sweary episode where we just talk about a lot of nonsense for a couple of hours. It's a lot of fun. It's sometimes unlistenable, but a lot of people seem to enjoy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that'll be up tomorrow. Yeah. But if you are at the $25 in a month or more, you get your name shouted out in news episodes like this or WrestleTalk Live episodes, and it starts off like this. Let's have a drink, Christopher Travis, Merry Man. Merry Man indeed. The Raven, Chris Alexander. Ooh. Ooh. Shine a light, Phil Dark. Oh, 
These, these are now all of Pete's new names because uh, Pete's taken over doing this. Tim Burrowing Del. Oh, sorry, Tom Burrowing Delves. Tom Burrowing. Burrowing. Mm. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. That's, That's a, good a good one. one. That works. And lastly, Ross Pooper Scooper Cooper. Pooper Scooper <laughs> Cooper is amazing. If you want your name changed, get in touch. <laughs> Pete at WrestleTalk. <laughs>
I want, every week he comes out with a uh, mic and I'm like, brilliant. Well, I know that I'm going to get really good television for the next five minutes here. And one quote. And one quote. And he had this here when he called John Moxley a, uh, a wannabe Jack Sparrow and then said, yo-ho, yo-ho-ho yo, yo, and a bottle of dumb. <laughs> and that was great. That was already good. And then he said afterwards, <laughs> because you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just that. That style of the following up. But then he said, I saw your mum backstage earlier. Yeah, she was looking very fetching. And went into a weird, like, your mum section, which yeah. didn't really play into anything else. Absolutely not. Which was, I think if if that's not going to play into anything, it's weirdly out of place. Well, this is what happens when you don't script things out. Yeah. Is that someone just gets an idea and we're just like, I'm just going to make a mum joke. Yeah. But I haven't actually thought of the punchline yet. Cleveland doesn't deserve a match. Boo. The inner circle came out. They seem to have an actual entrance now. They've got a Titan Tron and music yeah. and merch. Uh, and Mox still challenges them all to a fight. But Santana and Ortiz are like, we have some generic We bought some thugs crew. from the Bronx. And like, so it's now a 10 on one fight. Like in Spider-Man, <laughs> when you've got just the, the groups of generic thugs. Yeah, yeah. And they were like that. Uh, but Mox went for them anyway. Yeah. Because they went with the strategy of let's attack him one by one. With our arms in the air. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, paradigm shift to Ortiz. Mox just runs at the grips. The big brawl breaks out. Security runs out and breaks it all up. Mox uh, gives the paradigm shift to one of the security guys and then jumps over the barricade to celebrate with his people. Now, you know what... Um, what I read, what, what, I, what I wrote down after all of this. What's that? Where's the car? Yeah, I was, uh, was going to ask you about the car because we saw it for one week. Then they were on a boat, which, um, you know, it's not really a place for cars. Um, and <coughs> unless you're on like a big cruise liner that's going across to France, so you can pick up some cheap booze. A ferry. Yes. Um, I said cruise liner, isn't it? Yeah, mm. ferry is what I was after. Um, and there no car this week, nor a mention of the car. So it's almost as if the car didn't get over. And they've just dropped it. Yeah. I, uh, again, you're welcome. I told you so. And it should have been Pentagon Junior. <laughs> Next up, we had uh, the, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny versus the Bucks. Well, the Bunny wasn't involved. But before the match started, awesome little bit of comic book storytelling. Yeah. MJ, it's a, like a, a vignette, a film scene, like we're watching a movie of MJF and Wardlow going into this back area of a butcher's. It's a slaughterhouse, basically. Yeah. He walks in and suddenly like reacts to this hanging meat carcass yeah. next to him. And he just passes the bunny uh, an envelope, presumably with money, because they've got that sort of financial payoff relationship. And yeah, awesome. Yeah. He, really they, cool. They are hired goons that MJF is paying to take out, which is, it's quite stupidly like has been the storyline from the from day one like mjf brought butcher and blade in like he paid them off to attack cody which they never they sort of brought up on tv but they made such a big deal out of on dark and on social media that just completely made the whole debut make sense that you're like why that why wasn't that on tv i felt like in this bit mjf walked out of AEW and into gotham <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. into the network show gotham if yeah. it's still going on i don't, I don't know and in that... He, I'm sure all three people that watch it will tell us in the comments. In that, he walked into the, you know, one of the Joker's affiliated groups yeah. and was like, you know, do a deal for me. I loved it. it As a really comic cool. book fan, I've got to think this is Cody influence. You know, he's, he's a big comic book fan. He's starred on Arrow, which is of that ilk. Yep. Uh, very good stuff. Um, and MJF was on commentary. Yeah. Yes. JR got his name wrong. <laughs> which, maybe that was a payoff to a, a promo later in the night. Yeah. MJF says he can't swim. <laughs> no. How dare the Bucks throw him in that point? 
MJF was fabulous on this commentary. Yelling kick out every time Butcher and the Blade were getting pins. Yeah. Just yelling at them to like just do things. I thought he was really, really grand commentary. I like MJF as a character. We've got his big angle next week mm. where they're in uh, Alabama, I think, where they're going to do the whipping. So we've got that. And then the week after that's the cage match. And then we're at Revolution. So this is like the final week where uh, it's... I think there might be a week in there. Oh, within the, yeah. So I think there's another show. Yeah. So you've got the whipping. And then I think it's the... Then I think it's the cage match. Cage match is the go home show for, or is it? No, I think it's it's whatever it is. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I think we've got a big go home. So I, what my point I was going to make was I think this is like our last quiet week mm. of the MJF Cody feud. And then next week starts the really big build, starting with the kinkiest portion. Like the I know. Kinkiest look, portion. Look, look, oh yeah, the, look, the whipping. Oh, look, okay. I get it. The like, oh man, he's going to take ten lashings, and yeah. like he's going to his back's going to be bleeding, and it's going to be really gross. But at the same time, I do think it's like. But it does sound a bit kinky, though, doesn't it? <laughs> to you. <laughs> um, so this this was just, you know, it was a very good match. It was a Young Bucks match. The Butcher and the Blade looked awesome. Bunny interfered occasionally. Uh, the Butcher, in particular, I just love the way he moves. Yeah, he's really cool. He's got such a great look about him. But what was so good about this was the larger interweaving of the elite. So yeah. this was, this this match was really set up by the Bucks doing a favor for Cody by throwing MJF in the pool because Cody can't touch him. Yeah. And that has seamlessly worked its way through to this match with the Bucks and sort of the background of a Cody feud, developing an angle between the Bucks, Page and Omega. Yeah, it's really, really nice stuff. Like, as you say, like just weaving those different storylines mm. all together. And what I really liked about this as well, because the Bucks pick up the win with the Meltzer driver, a very nice sort of like reversal into the yeah. Meltzer driver as well. And then Butcher gets in and beats them down, and MJF just goes, and that was the point. It yeah. wasn't about them getting the win, it was about sending a message and hurting them. That is nice. So I thought it was really nice. Omega runs in for the save, huge V-trigger, and he's waiting for his mate, still dressed for a cruise. His tag partner, yeah. Adam Page. Yeah, hang on. Adam Page. Yeah. Adam Page sounded weird, just <laughs> with his beer. Yeah. It was, awesomely, he, sorry. Sorry, go on. No, uh, you, no, 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 no. You tell yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You tell it. I was going to say, not running down to the ring, just sort of like, because like, he didn't want to spill his beer. And he was like, you know, 30 seconds behind Omega. Like Omega pelts it down. And Paige is sort of like, you know, jogging down. And he passes his beer to Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson takes it, whoops, whips himself in, hits the buckshot lariat on the butcher, takes the beer off Matt, drinks it, and walks away. Awesome. <laughs> so good. Like he just, they have made Hangman Page. So cool. Like, he is so cool. I'm not saying alcoholism is cool, but this is just his anti-hero. I don't care about anything, but I'm still really awesome at kicking ass. Yep. So cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, and the way they sell it as well, the Bucks are kind of annoyed, but also, like, he did help them yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So it's, again, it's just a really nice balancing of all these dynamics and emotions. It's perfect. They are they are not putting a thing wrong with this. Should we talk about the promo later on as well? So, the, so the, the Bucks had a promo backstage. Oh yes, yeah, with Omega. Where they were talking about, you know, it's 2020, we're going to start climbing up the uh, the tag team division. We're going to start racking up some wins so we can get a shot at Kenny Omega's tag titles. And, he was like, and then Kenny's like, yeah, that's great, because we're all friends. Friends, like party. And then Hangman walks in is like with his title, being like, oh, oh, oh look at this. <laughs> look at this nameplate I've got on this world title. It says... It says Hangman Page, but 
you haven't got one, but hey, guys, it's okay. And he pulls out nameplates for them, being like, you know, here you go, because maybe you'll get a title soon, mm. so you can put your own nameplates on them. Yeah. I'm off now. And just walks away. And Kenny's like, yes, you will get a tag title shot soon, because you're very good. Also... <laughs> well, it, it came off like a nice thing. Yeah. But it also came off like a total dick move. I know. Uh, but, yeah, Omega announced it's them four versus... Butcher what? Blade. So Butcher Blade and the tag team of their choice, which is uh, later in the right. show to be the Lucha Brothers. Yes. Uh, wow. Yeah, right? Cannot wait for that. And that, you've got to think, is where we're really going to see these four implode, essentially. Yeah. Because they're on the same team. I think they might still pick up the win, but there's going to be some amazing friction between those four people. And it is the thing I'm most excited for next week on a show that also has John Moxley versus Ortiz. Because mm. that could be the angle that sets up the tag title match yeah. for the pay-per-view. Uh, I mean, I just want them to stay together, though. No, no. And keep teasing out this dissension. Next up, we had Nyla Rose versus Big Swole in a women's division that has been promoted from AEW Dark, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> I mean, credit to them. At least they promoted that mm. AEW Dark exists. We've got three recaps of it on their show. So, yeah, and that, I think that's the first time they've ever properly done it. Yeah, properly. Because they have shown, like, clips and stuff. But this felt like... This thing happened on Dark, and it has now led to this thing happening on Dynamite. You should yeah. probably try and check out Dark. But I yeah. felt like they, they, was, they did it well this week. So, uh, yeah, Rose put Shanna through a table on AEW Dark the previous night, which was actually time travel the previous week, and Big Swole had beaten someone else. Da, da, Di, Diamante or something like that. She, she was the former, she was the third member of the new LAX uh, oh. when they were in Impact, yeah. yeah. Uh, she beat her. Last week's AW Dark, which was technically two weeks ago. Yeah. It's confusing. Um, they, uh, unfortunately, Swole didn't get any reaction when she came out. It was crickets. But she's, she's very good. She's naturally charismatic. They, the crowd got into her through some super kicks, which mm -hmm. was very good. But then Rose hit the powerbomb for win. Yeah. So it's just Shanna, Swole, Statlander, AW have three moderately good success stories there mm -hmm. of putting these these women in the ring nobody knows them I, I actually no not just women Sammy Guevara and Kip Sabian yeah. and Darby Allen as well just putting them in the ring and letting them get over through a great competitive back and forth match yeah they know the formula and with the guys they've gone with it but and you know I don't know if there's anything nefarious here or like subconsciously just not prioritizing stuff but with the women, they haven't. They've yeah. gotten these people over. They got Shanna over. They got Statlander over. They got Swole over. And I, I doubt we're going to see her next week. No, I know. And we won't She's see not going to get a storyline. We haven't seen her for months. Like We haven't seen it really since her debut last year. Yeah. Unless, you, unless you're watching Dark. Where's Shanna been as well? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and Statlander had her number one contendership, then got into the Nightmare Collective, and then we haven't seen her either. It's, it's again, it's... I, you know, well done AEW for putting a women's match on this show, but it's kind of indicative of a larger problem. And it's just one. Mm. Uh, Kip Sabian took on Cody next. Sorry, we should say as well, that means that Nyla is now the number one contender to Riho. Yes. If Riho ever shows up to work. Again. Yeah. Uh, Kip Sabian versus Cody was up next. Quite a, I, I was really looking forward to this match. Yeah, and me I've got too. to say, they delivered. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a bit too much interference in Gaga for my liking. The Arn Anderson stuff didn't completely work for me. Well, yeah, because you had Penelope Ford um, interfering constantly, then like throwing her boot into the ring. You had Arn Anderson 
getting ejected from the ring. And you also had Joey Janela at ringside distracting Kip Sabian. Yeah. Which didn't play into the finish. It was just like there was so much going on. It's only a 12-minute match as well. There was almost too much going on when you could have just focused on Cody and Kip. But to give it my big bit of praise, what I absolutely loved about this match and what I love about Cody is he knows how to get people over in defeat. Because Kip Sabian felt like such a bigger deal coming out of this match than he did when he went in. And the same thing happened with Darby Allen. Same thing happened with Sammy Guevara. He is so good at making someone else look really good in defeat. And it's all down. I mean, it was a good match all the way through, but the, the genius of it was those, was it three crossroads yeah. at the end? So Cody effectively saved up all his finishers. And <laughs> Saw them all. He was being worked over for the last part of the match. And then I think he hit a springboard uh, cutter. cutter. And then it was one crossroads. Pick him up. Another crossroads. Crowd are loving this at this point. Up again, one more time. Third crossroads. One, two, three. Like, it's, sometimes you're like, oh, you've hit, you've hit the guy, you've buried a guy. But yeah. no, it didn't come off that way at all. No, you've really almost respectfully beaten this guy because it's taken that much to put him down. Cody looks awesome because it was that level of intensity and ferocity. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great stuff. I thought it was, yeah, I really enjoyed the, the match. The, as I said, the interference in Gaga was a bit too... But again, to melt to this, crowd loved it. Mm. Like, this got massively over with the crowd, so it's just a personal preference for, my, for me. Crowd loved everything they did. They loved each of the interference spots, particularly the Joey Janela one. Well, that was a great visual. Which was, and Joey's, like, selling of it was fantastic. His facial reaction was so, so good. And actually, I'm, I kind of am into the Joey-Kip feud. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what happened was Kip and... Pet Penelope, is that how you say it? <laughs> Penelope Ford, yeah. Penelope Ford were healing it up on the outside. They're about to do their second snog of the match. They go in, closed eyes to kiss each other, but Joey Janela somehow pops up from the crowd, puts his face between them, and both people kiss him. And the camera like zooms in, and then you have the slow eye-open eye, eye reveal of <laughs> Kip and Penelope, where they're like, oh no, we're kissing the wrong person! That is the perfect tag partner for Matt Riddle, if you ask me. <laughs> Oh. But yes, it was overbooked. A lot of these spots, like all the spots were good. Arn Anderson, like yeah. sort of getting ejected because he shoved the referee because he was like, no, I'm a passionate manager man. Yeah. He had a color-coded sheet as well. It's my kind of guy. Yeah. Those are all good spots, but it was overbooked. So yeah. just have that, s- save some of those yeah, for can, next week. You could have just done one of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the crowd popped huge for the Cody one at the end. I love Cody, he's my brother. Mm-hmm. Britt Baker promo next. Okay, so I really like this. I, th- I really like what Brit is doing, um, mainly because she's right. And it, she is, she's cutting these heel promos where she's not wrong. And I, I've always loved Justified Heels. Mm. Where she came out, you know, she ran down Tony being a knob, you know, being like, you know, you're, you're a crappy barista and, and this, that, and the other, Mr. Starbucks or whatever they want to uh, call him. And then she targets JR and he's like, look, how dare you? Last week, you cut me off midway through my promo. So disrespectful. And you're paid way more than I am to get people's names wrong. Yeah. While I'm out there like entertaining everyone, I was the first sign first female signing of this company. I'm the one that's on the billboards. I'm the one that's on all the trucks. I am the star of this show. And you should respect me more. And she's like, you know, I'm here out every week busting my ass, which is more than you can say for Riho. And it's like, everything she's saying is not yeah, wrong. Yeah, You're selling me on it a lot more. I, I mean, I liked it. Yeah. I, I think it, it was fantastic content. 
and she delivered it a lot better than uh, the previous week. Mm. So that was, I don't know if that was because it's the first time being a heel. It was, it was on windy. a boat. <laughs> it was very windy. <laughs> JR cut her off. I loved how they used that in this though. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was sort of motivation and fuel for her new heel character. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I definitely intrigued mm -hmm. because I think she's only going to get better. Like this week compared to last week, like double as good. Yeah. So you, you wouldn't assume that she would get even better as a heel. The only thing I didn't like about it was then her doing the sort of dentistry, you got bloody, bloody, bloody gingivitis, you need to brush your teeth, and then made a local sports team joke. And mm. then I was like, yeah, you didn't need that extra bit of heel stuff at the end there. Like the, the other bit of your content was way better. Something about Ohio having a baker to trust him. I think it's a- I think it's a sports. A, it's definitely a sports thing. It's a sports folks. Yeah, when people will tell us it's a sports, it's probably a, a, a basketball um, batter. Black Ace is saying Britt Baker should start using excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was a sports thing. And um, the, yeah, I, I d sort of smelly breath jokes, I just don't find funny. No. I d they do it a lot in WWE as well. I think it is an American piece of humour. Mm hmm Maybe because us Brits don't really care. Well, yeah. Wonky teeth. The big uh, what was it? The big book of British smiles in The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, so after this, we had that Bucks and Omega promo, which was very well done. Then we had the SCU versus Hybrid 2 match, which we've kind of covered with yeah. the Dark Order bit. Uh, SCU getting a win there. They came out in LA basketball tops for Kobe Bryant. Yep. I don't know much about all the various places Kobe's played, but... I, I think guess he, was, he played there once, and SCU are from there. I, I think he was very tied to the, the Lakers. Yes. Of the sports stuff that I don't know, that is one of the things I'm quite confident to say. So that's, that's a very nice touch. It's a very nice thing to do. Then, oh my word. Yeah, right? Pack cut a promo, a pre-taped promo, in black and white, seemingly in a off the side of an old bridge in Newcastle. This looked like it was in Newcastle, yeah. It's raining, it's dark, there's street lamps in the background, it's edited so he'll jump really close to the camera at one point and then be back. It was Gollum. <laughs> yeah. He gave off such a Gollum vibe, and I'm not saying that in like a, oh, you're such a short person way. I'm saying, no, like a genuinely terrifying, very compelling, Character obsessed with something. Yeah, I, I thought it was low key. This is my favorite thing on Loki the show. Loki wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> the one from the Avengers or the wrestler. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he sort of said, "I'm not doing this on Omega's schedule anymore. He's coming for blood." It's it. I and you know, presumably Michael Nakazawa is is not in this feud anymore. Well, he have he, dropped this. He made his point twice. I mean, you know, that's a WWE move to just. Not really. That is a loose thread, yeah. and it is dangling in my face because there's not many other loose threads. Yeah. WWE, you don't mind because it's all loose. But with AEW, there's so, it's so neat and perfect, and then there's this little <laughs> thing, and it bugs me even more. Anyway, I have got to think that he might go towards Paige. Mm. I don't know if that's going to play into that storyline at well, all. Well, yeah, but I, what I liked about this promo as well is it wasn't just focused on Omega. He was also targeting Moxley as well, mm -hmm. being like, you know, you stole my championship match that I should have had a couple of weeks ago. Because remember, like, the, Jericho took him out of the, yeah. this so-called, you know, one number one contendership tournament thing where he was like, no, I'm going to face Chris Jericho at the pay-per-view. And then Moxley kind of stole that away from him and then beat him to steal it away further. So he's now really pissed off at one-eyed Moxley. And 
he's also still pissed off with Kenny because he's like, you owe me. Like we, mm. uh, like, and I'm not doing this on your schedule anymore. I'm coming after you next week, and I'm, there's gonna be blood. You know, he and he says, I'm coming after you, blood. So again, another reason for me to be enormously excited about that eight-man tag. I'm having a big one over that eight-man tag. <laughs> uh, and the main event, only a mere six-man tag. <laughs> Private Party and Darby Allen versus the inner circle lineup of Chris Jericho, Santana and Ortiz. What a great way to feel like you're getting a main event because Jericho's in there and really elevate Private Party. And Jericho, for the last couple of weeks, because he did this with Jungle Boy, when well, he's been there with Jungle Boy for a yeah. little one and he has done it with Darby as well, is so good at making other people look great. And like he knows what spots to give someone to make them look good and get near falls on him to really pop the crowd. Because I popped massively for the near fall at the end off the, mm. the 450. That was brilliant. And like he starts off with Darby Allen, where he's just going up to him and just like, look at you, kid, I've already beaten you. Slaps him across the face, slaps him again. And Darby just fires up and slaps back at him and takes him out to the point where Jericho has to cower into mm. the corner to his tag partners. He's the world champion. So but he knows this is such good heel work yeah. for him to be like, mur, 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 I'm the big man around campus. Oh no, I'm being beaten up. I don't <laughs> want to be part of this anymore. I'm going to tag out. Which makes Darby look great. And he is just so, so good. He's like Cody in that mm, way. Mm. Of knowing how to make someone look amazing even though you know you're going to win. Yeah. It's so, oh, it's so good. Love it. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was just a really, really fun match. Um, not much story, just some good character work yeah. about getting various people over. Uh, a really good sequence near the end, which you already mentioned. Alan just does this coffin drop on Hager after he'd just done this, you know, there's suicide dives yeah. and then there's, oh my God, suicide dives. His suicide dives are so scary. Without the the hands up, he just yeah. goes in neck first. <laughs> he does. And I think it's through like the, the bottom and middle rope as well. Yeah. It's a wicked dive that he does. It's so unique to him. So Hager's taken out with a coffin drop. Cassidy, no, Quen, sorry, does this dive to take out Santana Ortiz on the other side. Jericho's down. Cassidy goes up for the Swanton. Amazing near fall. Gets up. Judas effect. Judas effect. 100% effective. <laughs> it was super effective. Maybe we should call it Judas 100% effective now. It's super Judas effective. It is, yeah. Uh, but there were AEW chants near the end there. That's how good it was. And then all the inner circle celebrate and then beat up the faces. They whip Alan with the belt. Sammy? grabs Alan's skateboard and starts playing it like a guitar and hits him with it a few times. Yeah, he tells Jericho, he's like, no, 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 let me do this. And Jericho hugs him. He's like, yeah, you go, kid. And he hits <laughs> him with the guitar and then they do like the, the windpipe spot, yeah. but with a skateboard, which made it really cool. So it actually made me want to see Alan versus Sammy down the line. I think that'll be a revolution match. Hmm, I could see that. I yeah. think that's a really good match for them both to have. I like that a lot, and, yeah. And in the larger world of AEW. Yeah. Uh, but then, it's Sting! <laughs> Moxley runs down with an eye patch and a baseball bat. Saves Alan. Buff, yeah. buff, 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 buff. And that's how we close the show. Loved it. And, yeah, and I thought it was a solid episode of AEW Dynamite. Yeah. I mean, by AEW's own standards, it's a high three out of five. Yeah. Because it was just in-ring action was very solid. Promo work was very solid. Storylines were furthered. It's made me excited for the pay-per-view. A solid episode. You know what? There was nothing bad. No. I can't think of a, you know, no Nightmare Collective. I, you know, I enjoyed everything. And what more can you ask for? That is, you know, when we say like, oh, it's a three out of five show, it sounds like we're, we're criticising it. But no, this is, this is what telly should be. It's solid. At the default level. <laughs> yeah. And then you said, you know, that means the highs feel more high.
Yeah. It just came off a boat. <laughs> Uh, right, so let's get into your super chat on the subject of Britt Baker. Uh, I think everyone's just correcting us on uh, sports references. Alexei, there's an NFL team called the Cleveland Browns, and yeah, their quarterback is called Baker Mayfield. And I believe they've not had a good season. Oh dear. They are not in the Super Duper Bowl. Sounds like a Cleveland steamer <laughs> of the year. Laramie Eschnar, the Archbishop. The Archbishops of Banterbury are here. The Archbishops of Banterbury. What an old school reference. That's super old school. That's like 2015. Was that? We never did that on WrestleTalk, did we? No, that was all on our old podcast. The Archbishops of Banterbury. the Archbishops. The Archbishops, because we said it wrong that time. Yeah. I'm disappointed to say that Baker was the first person to ever get heat from me for a local sports line. And that's what local sports lines are there for, to get local town heat. Uh, thank you, Laramie. You've made yeah. my day with her, reminding me of the Archbishops of Banterbury. Nate drops surname. The best heels speak the harsh truth. I can get behind heel Brit. Really like that promo. Don't understand all the hate on her heel work. Yeah, I liked it too, yeah. I think it might be residual hate mm -hmm. from how lacklustre she was yeah. so far. So hopefully that, that tide will begin to turn. Zach Icon Lindner. Brit being a heel is a good fit since she's a dentist. Yeah. I've got a, I've got an appointment. Oh mate, you have, haven't you? Yes, you have. I'm so sorry. So get this, get this next week of Tuesdays. I'm terrified of needles, by the way, to to the point where I will, I legit cried last year as an adult man. Yeah, yeah. Getting a uh, a blood test. I'm gonna have my travel injections next week on Tuesday. Then I'm going to Hamilton the Tuesday after. Whoa, really? But then uh, <laughs> on the Tuesday after that. Going to the dentist. Talk about tar Tarkovsky. Oh, it's up and down. It's, up, yeah, and it's down. up and down, mate. Last time you booked in, I think it was your blood test that you booked in. You booked them like six months in advance, so, so you could spend <laughs> six months preparing yourself for that day. I, 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 you know, I feel for you, man. I feel for you. Uh, right. Well, on the subject of AEW in general, Christopher Jazzcat. Jazzcat. I hope that is your real surname. Uh, what do you think of the rumors that Raven will be the exalted one? I, I mean, is that speculation rather than rumours? I'll rumors? do a quick... I, I wouldn't mind it. He's a great promo guy. Fantastic mind for the business. You know, yeah. as a booker and creative force, he's, he's on another level. And, you know, if, if you look at all the people who currently don't have jobs in wrestling, yeah, he, that's a huge name that would be an asset if he's managed correctly yep. to your creative team. As far as I can see here, there's no rumours that he is going to be. Just someone posted on Reddit saying, uh, you know, what do you guys think of him possibly being? I think it's a great choice. Like yeah. um, Elizabeth Williams says, Matt is such a huge talent. Why hold him back? Matt, Matt Hardy? Riddle. Hardy. What's Brody Lee's real name? Is it Brody Lee? It's not Brody Lee, is it? Is she talking about Matt? I don't know. Uh, is Matt, oh, Matt Riddle. Must be John Hoover is yeah. Luke Harvey's real name. Yeah, I don't think it was Matt. Um, it could must be, be Matt Riddle. Could be Matt. Could be Riddle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's a huge talent. He could legitimately be a mainstream draw. Could also be Matt Hardy. Why hold him back? Um, the Matt. Give Matt a chance. <laughs> Nathan, the Alpha with Vela. Uh, we're sixty-nine days away from the uh. day after AEW show after WrestleMania. <laughs> nice. I still have seventy carries left, so I'm going to use them wily. Ollie Davis is. <laughs> <t> <laughs> what a tease! That is a great 
Super chat, Nathan. That is witty. <laughs> Zach, I got Linda. The American shovel, Cody. Oh, you can't mean you that. You can't mean that. No, you're being ironic, surely. Al Tiguero, uh, do you think the reason Jimmy Havoc hasn't been seen in a while on AWTV is because he is being punished for his altercation with Excalibur? So we've had this in a couple of times, people theorizing this. I wonder if, because Jimmy put up a really heartfelt post yesterday about how he's had a real tough 2019 with some mental health issues. Mm. So I wonder if it's it's more that that's been sort of keeping him off TV, maybe. I mean, it could be the Excalibur thing. It could be a whole multitude of issues. Yeah. Uh, Nate Drop said him also said, don't at me, Jericho yelling, he doesn't suck. Yeah, well, you know, in, the, in that one, didn't, didn't he do that and, and then no one, no one did, did it? Yeah. So I don't know if that's the best example to use. Uh, Zach Icon Linda says, having a like spike with the lads. Like, like spike. Like, like spike is better than like party. Now, I don't want to do this again, but you brought it up, folks. <laughs> there are 1,200 of you viewing right now and only 476 likes. Like Spike. Uh, Joe Zen says, Nick Jackson does the intro. I knew AEW bought WrestleTalk. Yeah, and he was so excited, <laughs> wasn't he? So many people in the comments were like, man, Nick looked like he was enthused <laughs> to do that. He, but I'm hoping he was hung over and just wasn't like, I hate WrestleTalk, <laughs> but I like this fan, so I'll do it for him. It was Harrison, right? Harrison Berry? I believe it was, yeah. Let me just check that name so I can give you a proper shout out. You carry on. Uh, it's, if you haven't watched it yet, it's in our news episode that went up where we've got um, new, uh, the story of WWE being scuppered by starting NXT New Japan. Mm, so again. Again. Uh, and the more details on that uh, Brody Lee to AEW story uh, Laurie's NXT review and my AW yeah. review. Um, Howard J. Dingers says, lovely thumbs up party with the boys. <laughs> it's over. Um, and Josen also suggests that I'm Luke BDSM Owen. Because you find whipping kinky. I mean, I don't personally find it kinky. I don't well, I just think, I mean, no, I mean, just saying like, you know, whatever floats your boat, as long as it doesn't sink your ship. Yeah. It just feels like when I hear whipping, I either think a problem's come along and you've got to whip it, or it's just think it's a bit kinky. What's your safe word at home? <laughs> Dark. Chinchilla. Uh, Jose Quinde, if WrestleTalk ever needs Bronx thugs, just say the word and me and my crew are there on the first flight out. Oh my God. That's such a cool thing to phone in. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need Bronx thugs right now. The only, only way to make this better though is if you've got like a cool, like something like the Warriors. Like, so you've got your own distinct like gimmick. Bronx. No, 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 but like that's set in New so York, like isn't it? So you want, yeah, yeah, you want like, you know, the baseball furies or you, you want to have your own gimmick. See, I'm, I want more like a, a variety of weapons that you can grab. Uh, Howard J. Dingus thinks that, uh, the, says, sorry, Luke, 2020 Royal Rumble is greater than the 2001 Rumble. It's the fact that we're having this conversation shows how good Sunday's Rumble was. Yeah. Uh, and Laramie said, me singing, I made Ollie's day, I made Ollie's day. <laughs> thank you. You are an honorary Archbishop of Banterbury yeah, for bringing that back up. Uh, and thank you to Tony for uh, a sticker or donation that I have no message. I, what am I doing? Well, my lady partner is out mm -hmm. of the country. She's, She's going Paris. to Paris for mm. a couple of days. So, I started making loads of plans. I'm going to complete this video game. I'm going to spend a lot of time on my book project mm. that I am writing. And then I remembered I'm working Saturday and I'm reviewing SmackDown. Yeah. So, I'm having a Brexit party. <laughs> <laughs> 
going to come to work, do Smackdown, and then a bunch of my mates are coming round mine, and we're going to toast all the things that we love about Europe. We're going to have some French cheese, some Italian wine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fat, some German sausage. Nice. And some Hungarian pornography. It, it, it sounds like a great party. Yes. yes. What um, about you? I'm going to Hastings uh, this weekend, which is why I'm not reviewing SmackDown. Because mm. I'm going down to the seaside. Um, my wife and I have found uh, January to be a very, a very long month. Um, so we just needed a little weekend away. I do feel like it's been seven weeks long. Well, it's, it's, this is day 78 of January or something along those lines. It's still going. I'm like, it's not, not over, over. yet. Yeah, no, it's, it's Friday. It's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long old time. Uh, but this email comes in from Dave, actually, on the subject of body hair. He said, hi, Luke. It's Dave from Massachusetts. Dad of the Fiends twins, if you remember those oh, on the yeah, podcast. Oh, yeah, they were so cute. I was laughing hearing you guys discuss the body hair and shaving and the stuff involved in it. I'm a big, hairy boy, naturally. <laughs> All right, Tyler. <laughs> big, hairy boy. Big hairy boy. Well, he's a big hairless boy. Um, <laughs> although you wouldn't know it because I was wearing, I was wrestling in my local indies. I pretty much shaved everything besides my forearms and lower legs. Oof. Although, as I've mentioned before, with me taking a few years off wrestling and having four kids, I don't have time to keep up with the maintenance. I've been experimenting with the Drew McIntyre look, where I shave the side and let the chest hair and central hair grow and keep it trim. And it looks good, honestly, and it saves a lot of time with the shaving. Uh, to be honest. I definitely agree with both you. The body hair is something that men are judged for, but you don't. Uh, you just need to own it, as I've learned. And you've also got to get better as well. But I thought oh, you'd um, nice. uh, anything, you know, because you do shave parts of your body, would you consider grooming your chest hair to be more like Drew? Yeah, well, it's untamed. But I've, I've kind of, over the last year, my, you know how I've got grey hairs on the side of my head? They're very cool. Uh, it's now happened in the center of my chest. <laughs> do you want to see? Less cool, but yes, 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 please. Are you wearing cool? two t-shirts? No, I've got, oh, I can't do this now. Let me put it down. Oh, yeah. So I'm now just showing Luke my cleavage. Really. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just like a gray badger streak down the middle. Mm. I quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. How, do, how does uh, the lady partner feel? She hasn't commented. It's just a thing that's there that neither of us have brought <laughs> up. But I like it, yeah. so she has to deal with it. Uh, but. In terms of, I've never shaved any other part of my body just because, you know, like my forearms are tremendously hairy. If I shave them, like, if that's anything like my face, it's going to come back worse. It's going to be bristly. Yeah. In eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Imagine shaving yourself to go wrestling and then wrestling someone, thinking you're doing them a favor, but you're actually cheese grating them up yeah. with your bristles. You are a hairy, hairy man. Yeah. But, but that's not unique. So, for example, if I shaved my arms, if going by my face, that would take me three months to grow back. So I'd be in a position where I wouldn't, like, I, I would have actually done them a favour, and I wouldn't be cheese grater. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to shave my entire body once every two to three days. An hour before you went out for your match. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, waxing. I've looked at it. I haven't had the balls, quite literally to go and get it done. Yeah. But maybe that's a punishment. I don't know. Maybe we'll finally do a punishment. An actual problem. And I can sort out my gooch. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dave continues with a get better. At the end of last year, I decided I needed to drop 55 pounds, 24.9 kg. Cheers. That's to, a lot. To drop my that's a third of me. To drop my overall weight down from uh, 270 pounds, that's one, two, two kilograms, 
to two fifteen pounds, ninety seven kilograms. Jeez, he is a big hairy boy. Uh, I'm the same height as Alistair Black, so my goal is his weight because he's a good size. LOL. Mm. Currently, <laughs> not his legs. <laughs> Skinny legs. <laughs> Where did that skinny legs thing come from again? Well, he, he put up a, a post. That was it. Saying, yeah. look, you can say whatever you want about my skinny legs, <laughs> but don't target my girlfriend. And I, I was like, or your wife rather. Yeah. I'm like, Who's saying Alistair Black has got skinny legs? Who's got the balls? <laughs> Both figuratively and literally. Uh, Dave continues, currently <coughs> I'm at 248 pounds, so I'm down at 22 pounds, about oh, 10 kg in four weeks. Holy moly. I'm pretty excited just to give you an update and say I'm motivated by the get betters you share, so thanks. We should share more get betters. We Send them in, folks, because it is, it is the month of self-improvement. It is, so I was just going into the, the folder uh, and I've got one here that comes in from Stu, who says, Hi, Luke and the WrestleTalk family, except for Blake Ham. <laughs> this is a WrestleTalk Get Better email. I know it's not cheery, so understand it does, uh, if it doesn't make the edit for the podcast. Okay, so. Uh-oh. This, uh, you know, it's Get Better. Okay. It, it's all forms of Get Better. It's not all just right. physical, it's also mental. Sure. Bit of brief background first. I'm a long-time podswafter going back to 2015 and the wow. days of Paul, Gavin, and Ben. <laughs> hey, the better days. Uh, <laughs> I live in the UK, so timing-wise, I don't ever catch the YouTube content live. I listen to the podcast after I've skipped through the recordings of the TV. So you listen to the Raw podcast know about Wednesday, Thursday, for example. It adds a huge amount of my enjoyment as hardly any of my IRL mates follow wrestling. Although I have dragged some of them along to my local indie PCW. I've even taken my 11-year-old to some PCW shows, but I think I should wait a bit before producing my one-year-old. I'm also Mr. 80% Fact, all crisps have a best before date of a Saturday. Uh, oh yes, that was a great, that was a great little bit of knowledge. And plan to win Datsun's WrestleTalk Fans Fantasy Football League. I'm currently sat in second. These oh, wow. are my swafting credentials. Now, is this the WrestleTalk get better? <laughs> I've amazing. done all this stuff. I'm part of WrestleTalk lore. Uh, right, background done. Here we go. Two days before Christmas, I found out I have cancer. Oh, yeah. This is the second time I've been diagnosed in my 30s. The first was partly what got me into wrestling in 2015, as it was through 10 months of surgery, chemo, and recovery that I found podcasts which helped me fill the time in a more enjoyable way, take my mind off feeling ill, and provide some helpful structure to the days and weeks. It seems I'm going down the same road in 2020, almost five years after my original operation. My treatment is starting over the next few weeks and it will mean I'm off work for most of the year. The consistent content you guys generate will again be something that can help me structure my time and motivate me to engage my brain and do something I enjoy rather than wallow in dreadful daytime television. My WrestleTalk Get Better pledge is to do everything I can to stay positive through this second lap. I'll be setting myself goals and getting up for uh, getting up and about and trying to stay active once my treatment plan is clearer. So this is a preemptive thank you for all the effort uh, you put in for what you do. I'm hoping that when I get stuck into treatment, I'll find a rhythm and target going for a walk to listen to the podcast. Legitimately labeled exercise if you're recovering from serious surgery and or undergoing heavy chemo, Mr. Davis. Even if I just listen in bed some weeks, it'll still perk me up and be a big help. So thank you for all of your 2020 content, which will undoubtedly be consistent. Thank you. All the best for 2020. That's from Stu. Well, Stu, send in your updates and we'll be like, yeah, you, you, you can do it every week. Make it part of your routine. Send us an email update. Yeah. Here's what I've been up to this week. Absolutely. We'll read it out and, and we'll help you along the recovery. Yeah. I mean, you'll have to do that because exercise doesn't include walking. <laughs> 
I'm not going to have you pl- tug on my heartstrings and try and sneak that in there, Stu. <laughs> I saw what you tried oh, to do I there. Don't try and play that card with me. <laughs> um, right, so uh, let's go on to uh, a different note. Um, I like the longer outros. It's nice, yeah. Yeah, because like, usually we would have to be wrapping up by now. Well, we're just gathering steam. Indeed. Um, this is an interesting one. It comes in from Sean, who says, Dear Ollie, Luke, Laurie, Chopper Pete, Housemate Simon, and all the others at Talk who provide consistent consistency in WrestleTalk. I've followed WrestleTalk for a number of years now, and by far you provide the best wrestling content. I'm a $25 a month pledge hammer oh. and pop every time my name is called out for a patron. He's Sean Furlonger than He can ah. last Sean Furlonger than you in the ring. Um, in all my time following, you've only annoyed me once, and that was this morning. Oh, dear. So this was sent three days ago. Um, I'm from Ireland, so have the age-old problem of when to watch WWE mm. content when in another time zone. Since I work nine to five, <laughs> Monday to Friday, business, business, business. I felt it was. Uh, I feel it's often unrealistic to watch it live. So plan was to get through work without looking at social media, etc., etc., and then watch the Royal Rumble, best pay-per-view of the year, when it arrives. The one thing I forgot to do was disable notifications from YouTube. Yeah. While looking at, I mean, it's just amazing you actually got a notification from YouTube. <laughs> Uh, while looking at my phone to see a text, I also got a notification from YouTube showing a WrestleTalk video with the title literally being the winners of both Rumbles and Edge returning. Mm. I understand you need catchy titles, and my problem isn't that was with a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you need catchy titles, and my problem isn't with how quickly you provided the video. That's a plus and is amazing. But was it necessary to give literal spoilers in the title? Even UK wrestler wins Rumble would have been better. I'm genuinely sorry to complain and for the long email. I normally agree with you on the spoiler debate, but this one was a little on the nose. Keep up the consistent content. Sean can wrestle for longer than you in the ring. Now, I would imagine, Sean, that the reason why you think this one is way too spoilery is because it's spoiled for you. Had it not been spoiled for you, you wouldn't have said, oh, that's too spoilery a title. Yeah, because... So a lot of people, you know, we got the big clickbait accusations. So now we're trying to get away from... Like, you know, the silhouettes and the, all this, the major WWE star. And we've been more transparent about the titles. We've done that. That was a conscious effort through this month. And now people are saying that we do spoilers. Yeah. So we cannot win. I think the best direction for us to take, which we've spoken about, is to just, you know, we will report things when they've happened. Yeah. And we will have that in the title. Because if it's on WWE's website, you know, what, why are we hiding what it is? But it becomes different if we're if the winner of the Rumble has leaked three days before the pay-per-view. Yeah. That is, that I would consider that a spoiler because it hasn't happened yet. So we would put a big silhouette and we would, you know, do a, a vague title to hide that fact. But as soon as something has happened, we've, we, at the end of the day, we are a wrestling news outlet and you don't see the BBC or The Guardian doing stuff like, I've probably put my allegiances on, on the table there. <laughs> you, you don't see I mean, them. You, you didn't do that with your Brexit party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, like, we, we've, we've got to report the news. But it is something that I d- obviously don't want to spoil stuff for yeah. people. And I felt particularly bad when I woke up uh, on Monday after our four hours sleep uh, after the live stream. To, to, to look at the comments on a video that I was quite, pr- two videos that we, I was quite proud of, our Rumble review and the In Case You Missed It thing. And most people being fine, but there were a few people who were very vocally f- 
frustrated with us mm -hmm. because we had ruined it for them. And it was all the same thing, exactly what you said. The notification came in, so it was ruined for me. It's not like, you know, because our argument is, well, just don't go on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. I used to do that. But if you've enabled notifications like we told you to, and that happens, yeah, that yeah. is a problem. So, and it's actually on my to-do list for my Monday news episode. I'm going to tell everyone, this is, the, this is what's going to happen going forward. If you don't want spoilers, disable notifications. Yeah. And like, you know, disable notifications when you go to bed on Sunday night, and then you turn them back on once you've watched the show. And that's the, that's the way, I'd be, yeah. I hope that's, if you've got another way around it, tell us. Yeah. That's the best way I can see. Yeah, it's, it's a trick one, like as you said, because it was, you are, you're either clickbait or you're spoiling. And so there's no real sort of happy medium. And it, it is a shame, it's sort of an unfortunate situation. But really, Sean, like you, you know, you've said it yourself, you forgot to disable the notification. <laughs> yeah. So the blame's on you, really, buddy. It's, not, it's nothing that we did. But we will try, we'll try, yeah. and, try and make the best way because you know imagine that to have edge ruined no, for edge know, yeah. but it's, it's sad having uh, said that though we had that people telling us that when it was on live people were like i'd have been really excited for this if you guys hadn't spoiled it on the friday episode oh <laughs> when we reported that rumor that's been going around since uh, october yeah so even so even during the live uh, reporting people thought yeah. we were, were spoiling things um, uh, this is an email that comes in from Jason who says, Hi Luke, on the Friday show, you and Ollie brought up there's been a drop-off in listeners since October and I want to share my experience and why that may be the mm. case. After Smackdown moved to Friday, I basically stopped watching and if I don't watch the show, I can't get invested in the review. Same goes for NXT. After AEW launched, I haven't watched much NXT at all. This isn't tribalism down with WWE. I still have the network and will always be a fan, but the trifecta of things in October, Smackdown moments of Fridays, yeah. NXT goes to TV, which AEW isn't a competition, let's remember, <laughs> and the finish of Hell in a Cell, uh, overall viewing of WWE has gone down, therefore so is my viewing of WrestleTalk. In summary, it's got nothing to do with the great content you guys put out, just the world figuring out what they want to listen to. There's just too much wrestling, too many good podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's been the, which is nice, because I thought it was more us. Yep. Uh, we were all expecting a big boom in October. The yeah. opposite happened. Yeah, it didn't adjust. But uh, yeah, but I, I see channels like WrestleMania, and they're getting 150,000 viewed videos. Why aren't we getting that anymore? Well, let's uh, end this podcast off with a little bit of advice from yourself. Uh, I'll keep this one anonymous. Uh, he says, hello, Wrestling Talk crew. As <laughs> usual, I hope you're doing well. Um, at least better than me. It's been a rough couple of weeks. My girlfriend of two years has broken up with uh. me. I know that doesn't sound like much, but two years, uh, two years, but she was my first real girlfriend and we spent nearly every day oh. with each other. Uh, I have been in a severe depression ever since. I think what makes it worse is that two, just two days after she ended things, she started dating another guy. Besides this, I still love her and can't find myself being able to let her go. So I would like to ask some advice from you guys. Your podcast and YouTube videos have helped, but I would like to ask, what did you do after a rough breakup and try and move on? I guess Ollie was right. High school sweethearts just aren't meant to be. Thank you for what you do, you big brave boys. Much love. It should have been Pentagon. You're right. <laughs> uh, it, it is. It's so tough, especially when it's your first. Um, you've just got to channel all of that. Well, actually, no, no, no. The actual advice is, it's like the agony arts coming back. Mm. The actual advice well, is... a very nice one. Thank you, they're new. Uh, the actual advice is to genuinely deal with this now and just just sit in a funk for two weeks. Don't confuse it with medical depression. 
I've, I've had a few friends who have done this and think that they're clinically depressed when actually this is just normal human emotions to feel off the back of something quite emotionally devastating. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But genuinely feel it for a bit, like a month. It's not going to go away for a long time, but at least just wallow and confront those emotions and then sort of try, try to funnel that that emotion into something more productive, which is usually down the avenue of a hobby or going to the gym or starting a wrestling YouTube channel and being like, that's, you know, that I, I, I can show that I'm better than that. Yeah. Or like when I had my first real big breakup when I was at university, get your mates to go take you to watch Royal Rumble 2005 around Yay. a friend's house. And, you know, you just watch that booking and, and Vince McMahon breaking uh, both of his quads trying to get into the ring. <laughs> and you're like, you know what? Life isn't all that terrible, I guess. Yeah. And then I was just sad for, you know, for, for yeah. two months or so. Also, the other thing as well is that I, we were in a bit of a, a toxic thing and we just kept uh, going back to each other. Mm. Um, we kept jogging after, uh, you know, afterwards and that just makes it so much worse. Because every time I'm like, of oh, course, cool, so we're, we're getting back together now, right? And she was like, oh, no. Like, oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. So don't don't do that either. That would be my other bit of advice. This too shall pass, anonymous. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. It shall pass. But thank you all so much for listening. Hey, if you enjoyed this, we'll be back tomorrow because oh, hey. it's the magazine show um, talking about the biggest news stories of the week, talking about our favourite matches of the week, spots of the week, and getting into your mailbag questions. I think we should think of those in advance. What, the stories of the week? Yeah, no, usually... it's so much fun when we <laughs> sit down five minutes before we're going to record and be like, what are you doing? Me and Luke will frantically be texting each other <laughs> from 8am. <laughs> like, what are uh, ratings? I, um... I get to Stratford Station all of a sudden. I'm yeah. in a date with text messages from Ollie while I was underground. Vince McMahon is throwing peanuts at the writers on the, on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have a think about it yeah. in advance. But anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. I'm so tough, I'm all down and